you can build better relationships with your audience because you are able to tell the story that your audience is living in a way that they can tell for themselves. And because you're, you're translating their story for them, it builds this different kind of dynamic between you and your audience members and also you and, and the people that you're connecting with to grow your music and grow your platform. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, I'm Andrew Apanov. You are listening to a new episode of the Music Growth Talks podcast. If you have been adopting your creative talent, if you don't know how to communicate your personal story when talking about your music brand online, I encourage you to listen to these episodes in full. We've got D. Grant Smith on the show again. I'm linking to the previous episodes with him in the show notes at datamusic.com. Just uh, look up the um, uh, this. Just look up the name of this show. It's number 143. And uh, I hope that uh, you enjoy this uh, conversation with uh, the growth farmer. So I'm growth engineer and we've got a growth farmer on, on the show today. Dee just released a book called Be Solid. I've been keeping an eye on the development of this project and uh, it's a powerful, inspiring book and story. So listen on and uh, hear Dee talking about it himself. I hope that you enjoy this uh, uh, topic and this theme that we've got today. Let me know what you think via email or by leaving a comment review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, whatever you prefer for listening to this um, podcast. Thank you again. And uh, as a reminder, uh, check out patreon.com forward slash Andrew if you want to get more out of Music Rock Talks and support the show directly. Thank you. And here we go. D, it's quite incredible to have you on the show again. I don't remember when we last talked. I think it was a couple of years back and now you are back to Music Growth Talks with something brand new. But first of all, welcome to the show. I am once again excited to welcome you here again. Hey man, it's so good to be back and I appreciate uh, appreciate the opportunity to get me to, to come back and, and share some new things. The last time we talked, it was about um, it was really useful and got some good feedback from artists working on getting their music on radio in particular. And uh, you've been working on some things that are not directly related to music in the past couple of years, maybe more. Uh, you will tell us now. And but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know some of this story from uh, the book you just released, but I'm really curious to hear what you've been up to and if you still do much for musicians directly these days yes uh i still i still do coaching with musicians Um, i coach a couple other types of uh, groups and businesses and stuff too my the thing that has shifted for me over the past couple years has been the focus of what i help people with there's i mean the last time i talked to you guys i was talking about relationship building what i call growth farming and the relationship building part being building relationships with your fans and also building relationships with media folks that do radio and podcasts and even YouTube and, and blogs and stuff like that. I still do a little bit of that, but really my focus is on the development of your confidence 
and your relationship with yourself because that's the relationship that feeds all of the other relationships that you have. So I had an experience a couple of years ago that Andrew and I are sure going to talk about here in just a little bit, but that experience led me into a different a different journey than the one that I was on where I was only focused on just audience building mm. and relationship growth. What 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 things have turned into since then is more of a healing process of helping people become the best version of themselves, helping artists become the best version of themselves, helping artists tap into the intricacies and sometimes the difficulties inside their lives and inside their stories so that they can build better relationships with their audience. You can build better relationships with your audience because you are able to tell the story that your audience is living in a way that they can't tell for themselves. And because of that, because you're, you're translating their story for them, it builds this different kind of dynamic between you and your audience members and also you and, and the people that you're connecting with to grow your music and grow your platform. Right, right. That's quite quite an interesting shift. Makes sense for the, now that you're explaining it, it does make sense and it connects quite well with what you had been doing prior to that. So uh, you released a book. I know that it uh, took quite some time. It was, uh, uh, I guess, a journey on its own and I get it because it's not an instructional guide kind of book. It's very personal and it's called Be Solid how to go through hell and come out whole. When is, uh, was it officially out, by the way? So I did this differently than, uh, than a lot of folks have done things. And, and to, to be clear, man, like uh, you've known me for a while, Andrew, I do things a lot differently than most people do. I'm a very, uh, I'll answer your question in a second. I kind of want to give a little preface to this, though. Artists and musicians, my encouragement to you in all things, be yourself and be open to experimentation. So for me, my book came out by way of experimentation. I released a version of it to it was like 107 people that supported a crowdfunding campaign that I did in May of this year. And then I released the digital version on October the 1st. And then I released the paperback version on November the 1st. And I did that in a sequential order because I wanted things to, just like the metaphors I use regularly about farming, I've got a very long-term approach to the way that I'm doing this. I didn't want to just launch everything like a, like a rocket ship and uh, do a whole bunch of gigantic things up front and then burn myself out. I wanted to I wanted to phase things in in a way that, that allowed me to manage that process and also help me get in front of people in a realistic setting, little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit. That's a different approach than what a lot of the launch things that you read about and different blogs and different podcasts and stuff. But that's that's the sequence that I've been in. So it's it's been out officially in all of its capacities for um, 13 days now. I guess it's, it's an interesting uh, experience to, to do different tactics with book releases. I'm quite fascinated by the topic lately. It's different from the worlds of music releases and putting out records. But yeah, this sounds like a cool move. I've been on your email list and it's really good that you, like the, the way you've been building this relationship with your tribe, with your subscribers and followers and uh, supporters, has been great as always as i expect from you of course so yes tell me please about the um uh, rather our listeners who uh, haven't uh, been introduced to the book in detail so they they most probably haven't read it yet and uh, specifically about the backstory what's led to the creation of this piece so a couple things 
and, and here's here's kind of where where my uh, you asked a minute ago about the, the work that I do still working with musicians and, and something that I've discovered and I'm sure everybody listening knows this to be true difficulty and trial and challenge and in particular heartbreak are a part of the human story which means those are things that all of us have experienced in some form or fashion at some point in our lives and to to think that that's only certain that's only experiences that certain people have takes us away from our own part of the human story so what my book is about is it's about a couple things but one thing in particular it's about how to overcome hardship and trial and difficulty it's about how it's, it's the process that I used to overcome my worst fear come to life, which was the agonizing heartbreak of the end of my marriage and divorce. But the heart and soul of the entire book is a journey deep within yourself in learning how to love yourself, because love is the most powerful force in the entire universe. And it's also the key to living your best life. And it's also something that all of us have access to directly right now without having to necessarily buy into anything to to grab what we what we don't understand sometimes is what steps we need to take to learn how to love ourselves i grew up in a fairly religious home there's a lot of religious dialogue that was used on a regular basis there's a, a teaching from the bible that was said to me over and over again love your neighbor as yourself well, I wasn't taught how to love myself. So I loved my neighbor the best that I could. But in, this, in the process of doing that, I, I sought a lot of validation from other people. I felt like I needed somebody else's permission or I needed somebody else's acceptance or I needed somebody else's validation for me in order to for me to feel good about me. And that was the most backwards way of living my life. And so what my book is about, it's it, in a lot of ways, is it's about how to love yourself so that you can be a whole person and so that you can be somebody that can go through difficulties and not be broken by them and so that you can be somebody that cultivates and has the best relationships with every person in your life. Yeah, the, that uh, part is uh, uh, highlighted quite quite well throughout the book about becoming a whole person. I really was into the these stories you are sharing in, in the book. If you can tease the kind of events that led to uh, to your transformation it wasn't that easy for you to to find the solutions to to becoming solid yourself mm. so the boxing course you took and you're referring to quite a bit is interesting what was the starting point or, or what, what were the starting points for this transformation for you specifically yeah so i do reference boxing uh which thinking about that like wait you know, where, where does the music side kind of tap into that? There's a couple things about me just up front that if you don't know, I'll tell you now. A, number one, I'm a superhero nerd, so I talk about that a lot. Two, I'm a gigantic fan of the Rocky movies, and so boxing has been a part of my, my thinking and a part of the way that I process my understanding of life. But in terms of stories, I was standing on a street corner about 11 years ago in my town, and I live in Texas. I was standing on a street corner. I needed to go mm -hmm. about uh, two blocks. and But on the other side of the street corner was this guy that looked kind of, he looked tough, dangerous. I made a judgment call about him. I assumed that he was a rough looking person and that he was probably going to attack me because I lived with this perpetual fear all the time that 
no matter where I was, I was probably going to get jumped or beat up or something. And I was always afraid of that happening. And I lived with that fear in the back of my head. You know, oftentimes we get in our own heads and, and in our minds, our minds start telling us all these stories about what's going to happen. And if we overthink things and if we live in perpetual fear, then that fear becomes the narrative that's constantly being told to us all the time. So I'm standing on the street corner and I'm looking at this guy and I'm, I'm waiting for the light to turn green. And I'm, I'm afraid of, of us inner us passing each other because I'm, I'm telling myself this story about these things that he's going to do to me. So instead of, instead of crossing the street, I turned and I went a different way. And I ended up walking like four blocks to get to the place that I needed to go. And on, a blo on about block number two and a half, block number three, this little internal voice in my head says, dude, you realize that you're a grown ass man that didn't cross the street. What is up with that? And how long are you going to live this way? And I realized in that moment that I was letting fear dictate the things that I did in my life. And so on my drive home, I passed by a boxing gym and I called the number and I talked to a guy named Coach Rebus. And Coach Rebus changed my life. He changed my life in some unconventional ways. But one of the things that he would yell out every single day, and I would say that he, he told us, but he told us in a very like direct way. He's like, be solid. Like he was like yelling it in the gym every day. But that's what it was. He would articulate and just say, be solid, be solid, be solid. And I learned through boxing what that meant from a boxing standpoint, that a solid boxer is somebody that, yes, they get punched, but they don't get they don't get knocked around all over the place, that there's a whole thing about your balance, about your positioning, and about the way that you uh, approach people and the way that you approach yourself, that, that I could apply those same principles to my life. And also this idea that as a solid boxer, yes, you might you might get hit with something you don't see coming. You might get hit with this gigantic power shot that knocks you on your butt, but you're a solid boxer, so you get back up and you keep fighting. You don't quit. About three years ago, I was married to this very attractive lady. She had been my best friend for about a dozen years. And uh, one morning she said out of nowhere, I don't love you anymore and I want to leave. And I didn't see that coming. That was like this gigantic haymaker you know, power shot from the universe or from something that just like knocked me on my butt. And honestly, I mean, I made my whole life about her. She was, she was everything to me. And, uh, and all of my sense of self identification, all of my sense of, of value for how I saw myself was tied to my marriage and was tied to my relationship with her. And so for her to say that she didn't love me and that she wanted to leave, like, I lost all of my sense of self and I lost all of my sense of personal validation. And I didn't feel like I was worth, I didn't feel like I was worth anything because I had tied my, my identity to this other person. And that was my own fault. And I can take responsibility for that. But in that moment, like I contemplated suicide and I thought like, why am I even here? If the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with and who's told me that she would spend the rest of her life with me is now telling me that I'm not good enough. For me. And so so, uh, I mean, uh, from a mental health standpoint, I went down a very dark road and I really did contemplate like just ending it all. But thankfully, I've got some very good people in my life that, that talked me down from, from that decision. And what led me on this course that I've spent the past three years on is a combination of, of really good people, what I call in the book, my strong circle. It's my support system, some really good teachers and these fundamental principles that I learned in boxing that I've now applied to my personal life 
to continue to get back up and continue to invest in myself and continue to love myself through the healing process and change my inner beliefs. I didn't believe that I was worthy of other. I didn't believe I was worthy of of love because I I believed that somebody else had to love me first. I didn't believe that I didn't believe that I was worthy of of even getting people to say yes. I had all kinds of really negative internal dialogue that was in my head all the time, and I have done the work to change that. And so that's what I articulate in, in my book. That's what I show people how to do very practically, very simply. I use a lot of metaphors to illustrate my points. At the end of every chapter, there are questions for you to dive deep in for yourself so that you can experience that same kind of transformation. But that's that's the stories and that's the process. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have a question uh, or two <laughs> about the process. Uh, thank you a lot for sharing uh, what you had to go through. It was uh, fairly recent, so uh, it's, it's quite amazing that you progress that much and now you teach others how to be solid really cool that you got that phrase from from your boxing coach i think it's it's like yeah, it's wolf uh a netflix uh series so the oh, wow. <laughs> the the thank you i want to ask you looking back into into this industry you spent a lot of your time in just like it may not be as dramatic but what kinds of um negative thoughts and self-doubt do musicians you've known uh, go through that prevents them from achieving success and building a career in music? Yeah. So one of the, one of the most difficult things that, that, that uh, musicians experience, and this is true across the board, man, like as creative people and as people that want to make a difference in the world, we are often comparing ourselves to other people and we're comparing ourselves to people that like we idolize and we're comparing ourselves to people that we idolize And we're looking at ourselves from a negative standpoint because we're looking at what we have achieved and we're looking at somebody else and going, well, why, why don't I have what they have? Or why is it so easy for them to sell records or sell, sell shows or, or sell, um, get people to get people to show up to their gigs or get people to buy their merchandise or, you know, or whatever the case may be. And then you look at your, at your own stuff and you're like, man, I, I've got some people that are, that show up and I've got some people that have, you know, They, they bought my single, they, they, they signed up for my email list or whatever, but this is such a grind and it's such a struggle. And why, why is it so hard for me? I must not be good enough. I must not have what it takes. Or there must be something wrong with, with my thing. My, thing my, my, my music isn't as good as somebody else's. And that whole sense of comparison is such a, such a fast way to lead yourself down this really, really dark path where nothing you do is good enough and where you're always expecting people to say no. And that's one example. Some other examples are and so, and examples of people that I've, I've worked with in coaching is uh, addiction problems or things where like, you know, it's a struggle and you're trying to better yourself, but you don't give yourself grace. And you don't give yourself mercy. You expect yourself to be this person that, that can't have weakness and you can extend grace and you can extend mercy to other people, but you can't give that to yourself. And that goes back to that thing I was talking about earlier about self-love, like When you are loving yourself fully, then you are better able to more fully love other people. So the grace that you give yourself becomes more full and the grace that you give other people. But if you don't, if you don't have the capacity to give yourself kindness because you're expecting yourself to be perfect or you're expecting yourself to do things that are like just unhealthy, like never have any problems or never have any struggles or never have any difficulties or never being able to talk about that 
not even giving yourself permission to not experience it, but not giving yourself permission to even talk about it with other people because you're afraid of how somebody else might judge you. Like the keeping of everything to yourself and, and not being vulnerable with the right people at the right time in the right setting. Those are three examples of, of things I, I've seen and I've experienced and I've worked with people in music going through and, and trying to overcome. And that's stuff, again, that, that I deal with and, and talk about inside the, the Be Solid book. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I fully agree with your examples. The, the one about uh, comparing yourself to others is huge. And for people in every industry or every field of art, but we, for, for musicians, it can be a particular struggle. You do offer quite a few different solutions. Can you give us some examples? You mentioned, I think you mentioned the change of, uh, of your own narrative. I guess that goes mm -hmm. back to, to, to this topic of uh, looking into others way too much and self, negative self-talk. Um, so anything on that maybe? Yeah, so I'll tell another little story uh, for the sake of uh, talking about narrative. This is a story that uh, I think it's easy for just about everybody to relate to. But it, when I was 12 years old, I was riding around on my bicycle. I was probably, I think it was a Saturday afternoon. And over my shoulder, I could hear this truck coming. And I kind of looked over my shoulder and I saw that in the bed of the truck was this really pretty girl. And I wanted her to notice me. And as she, as the truck went by, I pedaled faster to catch up to her. And I, I, she was a beautiful redheaded girl. And I'm, she's probably like you know, 15, 16 years old. And again, I wanted, I wanted her to notice me. Now, <laughs> I'm a 12-year-old kid. I've got a buzz cut haircut. I'm wearing like a hot pink neon shirt. I'm missing a couple you know, teeth because I'm still in elementary school. I'm just a kid. But in my mind, like I have you know, this, this idea that like, she'll notice me and think that I'm the most beautiful you know, dude she's ever seen or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> but as she passed by, she would yell something out of the truck bed that would stick with me for about 25 years. What she yelled at me was, You are the ugliest kid I have ever seen. Now, I took that moment and I wrote a story in my heart that said, that's the first impression that I give to absolute strangers. When somebody beautiful or somebody that doesn't know me, or even maybe even people that do know me, when somebody sees me, they see me as the ugliest kid they've ever seen, or they see me as this person that's completely unworthy. And so with that narrative written in my heart, That was how I approached all of my relationships. And I felt like I needed to get them to tell me that they thought that I was either beautiful or I was good enough or I was worthy in order for that to be true for me. And so I sought other people's validation. It also meant that I was trying to be successful in the eyes of other people so that I would feel successful in and of myself. So when I became a syndicated radio host, like... Part of my motivation for doing that was I wanted to feel like what I was doing in my radio business was successful because I didn't really believe that it was because I needed somebody else to tell me that this is good enough because I was still buying into that narrative that I'd written in my heart when I was a 12-year-old kid. And the difference and the change from a workbook standpoint, from a practical tool standpoint, was changing that narrative, rewriting that story, taking that old story that I'd written when I was a little kid based on that, you know, emotionally traumatic experience and throwing it away and rewriting the story about who I am right now 
and who I am as somebody that is already worthy and is already good enough and is already acceptable and believe that for myself without the need for somebody else to tell me that. Because it turns out that the only person whose opinion about me that matters is me. And the only person whose opinion about you matters is you. Everybody else's opinion is none of your business. And when I realized that truth, it reshaped the way that I saw my interactions with people. It reshaped the way that I saw my interactions with myself. I stopped trying to be good enough for other people and just decided to be fully me. And I, that's from a workbook standpoint, there's obviously some steps involved in that process. Affirmations are one great tool to use, but consciously changing the way that you talk to yourself, consciously changing the verbiage that you use in your internal dialogue becomes such a huge deal because the closest relationship you have with anybody is with you. And that's actually where everything starts. And that's actually where everything grows from. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you still want to ensure that you don't become ignorant to others and stay humble in a way. How do you do you address the, 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 the topic of, uh, of behaving in the community, in society with others and not, you know, I, I see that the potential danger to this is be- becoming overly self-confident uh, yeah, to, yeah. to, to the point of ignorance. So as you've read in my book, Andrew, that's something I, I, I address very clearly. Because what I am not advocating for is taking on some sort of, you know, very selfish, narcissistic approach to the way that you live your life. When you truly make love the epicenter of who you are, then you approach yourself from a place of love that is patient, kind, good, nurturing, always seeking the best in yourself and seeking the best in others that is faithful, that is dependable, that is loyal, that is trustworthy, that is all these positive affirming things. Nowhere in the definition of love that I illustrate in the book, or am I I illustrating here, it says that you are entirely self-seeking and you don't care about other people. When you are coming from a place of kindness towards yourself, you're going to be kind naturally towards other people, or you're going to at least have the instinct and the inclination to be kind towards other people. When you're coming from a place of patience, where you give yourself the patience and you give yourself the grace to be in a process of figuring things out, you're going to be more naturally inclined to be patient with other people. And also when you see that your relationship with yourself and the dialogue that you have with yourself, where you're telling yourself affirming things, there's a big difference between affirmations and like self-aggrandized statements. Like, it's not about you being better than somebody else. It's about you being better than you were yesterday. And those are two different places to be. So I understand the, the idea and maybe even the concern that, okay, well, I don't want to become like a, I don't want to become like a braggart or I don't want to become like a, an arrogant person. So I probably shouldn't buy into this stuff. No, no, I'm not talking about you becoming an arrogant person. I'm not talking about you putting yourself over other people. I'm talking about you loving yourself. And from a place of loving yourself, you can see other people through this lens of love instead of like going back to the comparison thing. Instead of looking at people through this lens of comparison where you have to be as good or you have to be better than somebody else, you see other people as an equal. You see other people as this partner in, in your life and in your community to make everything better for everybody. So that's really, it, it's a matter of perspective. 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's still good that you made that clear. I, I hope that it was overall clear to most of our listeners. But still, uh, it, it's just, you know, to get it out all the way. And uh, I understand that some people may be uh, may not feel comfortable with, uh, you know, positive self-talk and just uh, trying to rewire how they think about themselves as human beings, as creatives, as musicians, and so on. So thanks for that. And there is a lot of good stuff in the book. Anyone interested in it should definitely grab a copy. It's cool that you have a paperback and a digital version, of course. And uh, do you have any other section of the book, maybe uh, from the uh, practical uh, tactics tips uh, you have that you think might make particular sense and maybe really relevant to the creators before we wrap it up. So anything else from the book that is relevant to musicians? Yeah, um, I'll share one more story. So there's there's a group of people that I meet with uh, once a week. I lead a little workshop that's directly related to, to the book stuff. And this one group of people that I'm meeting with, yesterday was the, the day that I most recently met, met with them. And um, it's kind of, we did a little bit of interaction talking about uh, what's going on in each other's lives to begin with. And then um, I talked about the, the aspect of self-love, which is what I've been talking about with you guys here. And I told some stories from my past about different things that really shaped the way that I saw myself and then how I rewrote those stories. But here's the thing that really will help you as an artist connect with other people. The more self-aware you become, meaning the more aware you are of your tendencies, the more aware you are of the things that, that you do on a regular basis that are positive and or maybe some of the things you do that you recognize that are unhealthy. The more aware you are of yourself, the easier it is for you to see how you can relate to other people. And so in this moment, in, the, in this setting where I was talking with these people and leading them through this process, I had been listening to what conversations they were having with each other about the things that they're going on in their lives. And maybe some of, some of them were like struggles that they're experiencing. Some of them, like one guy was going through some uh, really rough stuff with his family. Uh, one girl talked about a situation she had where some girl tried to pick a fight with her over some guy. So there was this relationship tension that was going on. There was another girl that I think she got in a tattoo or something, and uh, she went home and her mom freaked out about it. And so th- there, there was all these different like moments of people talking about things that were going on in their lives that were stressful. Well, because I'm self-aware of the things in my life that I've made some similar decisions or I've been in some similar situations, when I was talking about things that they could do to better their lives, I was able to speak directly to their stories. And as a musician, one of the things that you do that builds really strong connections with your audience is to speak directly into their story. Like if you think about the musicians and the artists that you love the most, there's things about their art that tie directly in with your story that kind of shares part of the, the journey that you've been on as a human being. And because of that shared journey, you love them more. So be mindful, be aware of the ways that you can connect your story to other people's stories and in a way maybe even translate some of the things that you've experienced in a way that they can't. For instance, uh, a couple of my favorite artists are Brandy Carlisle, Bruce Springsteen, and Trevor Hall. And those three people 
in their music, they've told my story in ways that I can't say it. And because they've told my story in such beautiful, poetic language, I love their music even more. I buy everything that they do, and I talk about them endlessly. That's what you want as a successful artist. So infusing your story into your art and being aware of how your story connects with other people's story is really how you're able to grow and do the things you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, an amazing advice for, it's like a foundation for branding strategy, for how to behave on social media, of for songwriting, for life performance. So these, I think, is a brilliant advice. And yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's always, the, the idea is always there. And maybe during the, in the songwriting process, it comes out as something, you know, somewhat obvious, but then many musicians lose it when communicating with potential listeners or to, to their fans. So I think this is a great advice. So thank you for everything you've shared so far. Where exactly anyone interested can find more about you and the book? I'll tell you what, um, I will give you guys my email address. I'm not going to sign you up for some list without your permission, so don't, don't worry about that. Here's what I want to do to give you guys something as a little bit of a bonus. I have a couple of ebooks that are directly connected to you getting your music in front of media. Like I said before, radio, blogs, podcasts, and stuff like that. If you buy my B Solid book on my website, the digital version, I will give you a free digital copy of everything that I have. That includes, uh, I've got the DIY Musicians Radio Handbook, the Essential Recipe for Music Submissions. I've got an Affirmations ebook. I'll give you all that stuff. But send me an email and tell me that you heard this podcast and that you, uh, interested in what it means to be solid and i will send you all this stuff that brilliant thank you i uh, i hope that quite a few uh artists listening to us now will appreciate that really cool and yeah i i can guarantee everyone that yeah it's it's for real so if uh, if if you said so that you definitely will get back to everyone who emails you so that's greatly appreciated thank you and yeah once again thank you a lot for sharing Uh, your stories really interesting stuff and uh personal stuff but um this is um i think uh, a, a really good background to understand where you are coming from what you had to go through to come up with uh with this book which um, i'm sure is yet to help uh, many many people out there so thank you a lot You're welcome, man. Thank you so much for this opportunity to, to stay connected with you and to, uh, to stay connected with your, your podcast and with your audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Find the show notes at dottedmusic.com. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. The links are all at musicgrowthtalks.com. It's really a cool idea to subscribe via email as well. But most importantly, ensure that you have our show in your preferred podcast app and uh, as another reminder this uh, podcast is brought to you by the dotted music agency if you want us to get back to you and see how we could uh, be of help with growing your brand online fill out the form at agency.dotedmusic.com thank you a lot and till next week you've been listening to music growth talks with andrew apanov 
find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.